Hey everybody, TalkingBook.pub is a non-profit audiobook publisher of independent literature. We are located in Asheville, North Carolina, and because we are a non-profit, uh, donations and help from people like you who love these books and love these recordings really helps a lot. So if you want to get involved, donate to our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash TalkingBook, or go to our website, TalkingBook.pub, and read about our mission, send us an email, give us a call, whatever you want to do. But enjoy the episode. Thank you. Hi, hello, greetings. Um, if you're a regular listener of the Talking Book Podcast, you may notice the absence of a beautiful, deep, rich voice uh, belonging to one Chris Hartram. Um, and that's because he is out of town right now in Raleigh, uh, spending some time with the kiddos and the missus. Um, so I'm filling in. My name is David Burr and I'm the uh, sound engineer for Talking Book. Um, so deal with it. I can literally say whatever I want right now because um, I'm the one who edits the podcasts and uh, Chris isn't here to stop me. So see, I just did that and I'm going to keep that in there and I'm not even going to edit it out. Okay, so on this episode, you're going to be uh, hearing from the uh, amazingly talented Nicole Brown, um, and she came over along with her partner, Jessica Jacobs, and uh, they came over to the studio the uh, other night, and they read for a little bit, and it was magical and wonderful, and um, we just had a fantastic time with them. They're always amazing. Um, and, uh, so basically you're going to be hearing, uh, some of the reading that she did while she was here. And I have a few notes here that, that Chris, uh, wrote for me, um, about this. So I'll be a little subservient right now and go ahead and read them. Um, Nicole's second book, a biography in poems called Fanny Says came out from Boa Editions in 2015. And we recorded the audiobook for Talking Book, and it was a fucking awesome time. Uh, yeah, me and, me and Nicole had a great time recording it over the course of about a week. Um, uh, so anyway, the following is uh, from her new chapbook, To Those Who Were Our First Gods. It was a recipient of the 2018 Rattle Chapbook Prize, uh, and the chapbook was delivered to all 8,000 subscribers of Rattle Magazine this winter, but copies are available from rattle.com. Uh, so anyway, uh, here's Nicole Brown. Hope you enjoy. People often talk about the Anthropocene, which is the name for our current geologic age in which human activity is the dominant force of change and, of course, of destruction. But what I often think of is what E.O. Wilson calls the age of loneliness, in which this world might be um, bereft of its uh, fellow creatures. And when I read from this chapbook, I often start with this poem. It's a kind of an invocation to begin. It's a, a kind of a prayer. A prayer to talk to animals. Lord, I ain't asking to be the beast master Jim ripped in a jungle loincloth or a Dr. Doolittle or even the expensive vet down the street, that stethoscoped redhead 
her diamond ring big as a crackerjack toy. All I want is for you to help me flip off this light box in its scroll of dread, to rip a tiny tear between this world and that, a slit in the veil, Lord, one of those old-fashioned peeping keyholes through which I can press my dumb lips and speak. If you will, Lord, make me the teeth hot in the mouth of a raccoon scraping the junk I scraped from last night's plates. Make me the blue eye of that young crow cocked to me, too selfish to look up from the flash of my own damn phone. Oh, forgive me, Lord, how human I've become, busy clicking what I like, busy pushing my cuticles back and back to expose all ten pale, useless moons. Would you let me tell your creatures how sorry I am? Let them know exactly what we've done. Am I not an animal too? If so, Lord, make me one again. Give me back my dirty claws and blood-warm horns. Braid back those long frayed strands of every nerve tingling with all I thought I had to do today. Fork my tongue, Lord. There is a sorrow on the air I taste but cannot name. I want to open my mouth and know the exact flavor of what's to come. I want to open my mouth and sound a language that calls all language home. So, um, this next poem that I'm going to read, uh, came from looking back, um, into some of those first Bible stories, particularly, uh, the book of Judges and looking at Samson and realizing I had a few things to say to him in terms of how he treated animals and, um, this poem is the the title poem of the chapbook. It's called, To Those Who Were Our First Gods. To Those Who Were Our First Gods, an Offering. One. Samson, I admit it. I flirted with you in Sunday school, crayon tan your he-man pecks, picked the boxes best to dye bright your pantene perfect waves. But even then, I didn't touch those kamikaze columns, left blank those two stone pillars snapped with your sledgehammer fists to crush a whole damn crowd. Yes, even then, I was a real red-letter girl, timid in the back pew, hiding behind the blue cloak of the only one I ever felt safe enough to pray to. Hail Mary, keep me from judges and every other book in the OT, gut-piled and slick as a slaughterhouse floor. Dear Mary, Mother of, save me from those men like him who slit the throats of lambs, then struck a pyre to burn the poor beast, calling what they've done a sacrifice. 2. 
Even now, I'm trying to understand those jacked-up swaths of the Bible everyone shoves under the rug, like your barbarian move to snag three hundred fox and bind them in terrified pairs. And if that wasn't enough, you roped a lit torch between their tails, Samson, then freed them screaming to burn grain fields and olive groves to burn alive. Samson, did I ever tell you after hearing that story of yours, my cousin bolted out of church to try to shove firecrackers up the poodle's ass? When I cried, my aunt called the dog from the yard, said, don't mind them boys, they're just proving themselves. The only boy I knew back then with nothing to prove lived down the street and in the sleeve of his jean jacket he kept a foundling squirrel, nursed it pan-warmed milk with a syringe. That little boy's name was Pete, but everyone called him Faggot. Three. So tell me, Samson, that donkey's jaw, did you ever think it wrong to wield a thing accustomed to the piece of fresh hay and swing it like a thug does a baseball bat? And is it really a miracle to pry open the proud mouth of a lion and rip apart his face? And why, a year later, did you return to the scene just to toy with the trophy of his corpse? Either way, you pillaged a hive that made sanctuary in what was left of his chest. I see you there, Samson, squatting inside the broken cage of ribs, reaching to where the great cat's heart used to be, snatching another stinging comb, the crust of dead bees and their honey in your beard. Because you didn't just spring hot from the mouth of wrath to slay the enemy of your tribe, did you? No, Samson, you came to kill those beasts who were our first gods. Those forms we used to paint on cave walls. Those animals who were not made as sacrifice for your altars, but were the temples themselves. Four. Come here, big man. It is time you wake. It is time you find a different answer, time to solve your own riddle once again. Out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. Because the answer is no longer fear curdled into rage, a murdered lion with a swarm sugaring his remains. Answer me, because I see you, you action figure lackey, you lonely tender heart duped by your girlfriend's shears. I wait next to your sleeping head to gather what she cuts from you, and outside, I set it free. Can you say it? Do you see? Your hair spun with spider silk and lichen to make a hummingbird's thumbnail home. Your hair matted into the tatters of chewed-through clothes to cradle a litter naked and pink. Your hair tucked into musky dens 
a spun gold currency flown among crows. Your hair the soft bed where strays bleed and possums piss. Your hair lining every hollow, warming a throne of owls. You see, Samson, a whole kingdom steals away your locks by tooth and talon and claw. Your strength taken from you, but given back to whom it rightfully belongs. So a, a large part of this project in some ways has been a pushback against what is the usual mode of nature poems, as a pushback against Mary Oliver, whom um, I adored in some ways, and of course who the poetry world lost back on January 17th. Um, but for me, growing up in the Kentucky that I did, that world was absolutely untouchable. And for me, when I read her poems, I pushed back against her, uh, not because um, her poems weren't beautiful, they were, um, but because it was the kind of beauty I thought I could never, ever access. And this poem is about that time. It's called No Ark, and it's for Mary Oliver. Ain't no foxes here, Mary. Ain't no grasshoppers resting in my picnic palm. Ain't too many creatures worth a poem like yours, just muling strays tucked under the dangerous warmth of a pickup's hood, just poodles with painted nails clicking pink across Mama's linoleum floor. So few animals left to this chain store sprawl, this clocked-in, bottled, fluorescent-lit existence, even our air conditioned, our vents pointing down with a force fierce enough to keep a bouquet of daisies in full bloom for months. No no marsh hawks or wild geese, neither. Maybe a pet shop parakeet with her dried green sprinkle on carpet of no consequential color. Maybe a street robin bopping its dingy breast among the crush of lip-sticked filters and Coke cans. Maybe a sparrow like the one who kept pecking my window last spring, fighting who knows what, probably his own reflection, and because we believe in wives' tales around here, Mama said, be careful now, death's trying to get in your home. But then again, once, I did see a moth. He was big, big as a burger, supersized as a side of fries, so big he covered the yellow letter P in a homemade sign spray-painted on the asphalt of the manager's parking lot. Not no parking, but kept simple, no park. I was walking, no Mary, not through the woods or along any breezy shore, but across the lot to the discount store. But the moth, Mary, the moth, half dead, electric green, was like anything I'd ever seen. A luna, 
I was later told, but back then I thought him a myth knocked out of the sky, a neon messenger sent to tell me that things were once different back when Noah had plenty to gather before the storm. But now, here it was, plain as day, spelled out for all who cared to see. No ark, as in, ain't no use, not now, not anymore, as in, let it rain and rain and rain, ain't nothing left to save. And because I'm not you, no, Mary, I couldn't be if I tried. He scared the shit out of me, four drowsy eyes eyeing from tattered wings, one feathered antenna tasting my hair-sprayed artifice, his limp thistle legs that stuck to my hands when I carried him to a safer place. Well, not safe exactly, but at least a place where he would be taken by beak or tooth and not smashed by tires or stomped by some brat's shoes. But what I want to say to you is this. I was frightened. But once I tried to save a thing about to die, tried to ease what was to come. And the bad girl, mentally handicapped and happy just to have her first job, followed me with her rattling train of carts and her mouth of two small teeth tendered in a swollen pit of gums. And when I set the winged thing in the grass behind the dumpster, the girl, she threw that red mouth of hers wide, laughing and laughing into that long line of empty carts. I tell you, she knew, and I never knew empty carts to be so empty. Never knew how much each resembles a cage. Wonderful. Beautiful. Amazing. Uh, I love Nicole Brown so much. No joke. Uh, so that was it. That was uh, her segment from the reading. And uh, just so you know, uh, next week's going to be part two, and that is Jessica Jacobs. What a power couple, these two. Or kind of more like a super power couple. It's like a dad joke. I make a lot of dad jokes now that I'm in my 30s. Um, so anyway, I, I hope you enjoyed that. And that'll wrap it up for this week's episode. I also want to mention our Patreon account. Um, you can go there uh, if you like what you're hearing or you like us or you just like things in general or you like websites. If you like websites, I've got a website for you. It is www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash talking book. Um, and that's what keeps us going, um, just donations and stuff like that. Uh, so if you want to do that, do it. If you don't want to do that, that's fine too. We love you just the same. Also, we just got some super rad uh, talking book shirts, um, and they were designed by the lovely Danny Harris. Go to the Talking Book Instagram if you want to check those out. We got a few picks up of those, and they are available for purchase, just like everything. Everything everything is available for sale, down to Chris's children. They're available for sale, and quite cheap, actually, if you'd like to purchase them. Do you need a kid? 
we got a few. I don't have any kids yet to sell, but when I do, I'll totally put them up for sale as well. Um, so anyway, that's it. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. I'll shut up. Don't worry about me. You won't have to hear from me probably ever again. So um, I'm probably fired now. Have a good day. Like a bishop who has forsaken sympathy Chasing sister squares I was lit Before I Passing over in the window of the 